Well, welcome back to another edition of the Borders Extra podcast uh, through SoundCloud and jconline.com. Mike Carmen joining you after uh, Purdue's 30-13 to loss to Wisconsin at Ross-Aid Stadium uh, in a game that probably wasn't as close as the score indicated. Um, the Wisconsin basically dominated uh, just about every phase of the game except the passing because they only threw six times because they ran 51 times. And those of you that have followed the Wisconsin-Purdue series over the years know that they usually um, run the ball 51 times against Purdue. And today was no different. They just lined up and did what they've done the last 14 times they've played Purdue was just run it down. Purdue's throat, and they did it did it again today to the tune of 290 yards, two backs close to 150 yards. Uh, they controlled the clock, uh, they controlled the line of scrimmage, and they controlled the game. Uh, and that was just one phase of where they uh, controlled Purdue, just the running game in itself. And then defensively, they controlled Purdue's offense. They wouldn't let them do anything, and that's been a familiar script uh, in this series over the last 14 meetings as well. Uh, Purdue can't get off press coverage. Purdue can't protect its quarterback. Um, Purdue can't run the ball. Um, and therefore, you have what you have today. You add five turnovers by Purdue, three interceptions by O'Connell, two lost fumbles, one by Plummer, and one by Payne Durham. Uh, you add six sacks. Um I believe the number is 11 tackles for loss. I can look real quick. 10 tackles for loss, excuse me. Um, 3 for 12 on third down and uh, 206 total yards, Uh, which includes minus 13 yards rushing, which when you add up the sacks and everything. But even without the sacks, Purdue didn't run the ball effectively at all, and that's no surprise. We're halfway through the season, and Purdue can't run the ball traditionally and probably won't be able to run the ball in a traditional fashion this year. But anyway, this was a complete um, kind of a beatdown, even though, you know, at halftime the game's tied at 13. Uh, Purdue's in it. You know, they got a defensive touchdown from George Karloftis on a scoop and score. Um, You know, they had... Scored an earlier touchdown after a turnover, but they only had to go 39 yards. Um, so Purdue got one offensive touchdown today and one defensive touchdown, and that was it from a production standpoint. Um, so that's why I say I think it's not the 17 point margin really doesn't do it justice. It was, I, I felt it was much more dominating than that. Um, so, and, you know, and I, you know, and I thought coming into this game, um, along with a lot of people that, you know, if you, if Purdue is ever going to beat Wisconsin, uh, in this recent stretch, this would be the year that they could do it. Cause Wisconsin just did not looked good. They were offensively challenged, uh, through, they've been offensively challenged through most of their, uh, season so far. Um, and defensively, they've, they've given up some yards in the air 
and in, in all the games they've lost, they've given up over 200 yards passing. Now, Aiden O'Connell hit that today uh, with 200 yards on the nose, uh, and Purdue just finished with over 200, uh, I believe, 219 uh, to be precise. But they they just didn't. Uh, um, they had no they had no flow to their offense. Had no rhythm to their offense. Um, there were there were times where Purdue was trying to force uh, the run when it wasn't there. Um, it, it appeared Jeff Brown was just kind of searching uh, for buttons to push. Um, you know they played three quarterbacks again, rotated them in and out. Uh, and while there were no delay game penalties or false starts or anything like that, uh, it just seemed out of sync. Um, it didn't seem as smooth as it did last week at Iowa. And I'm not saying that they should, um, you know, get rid of it. But, you know, I think if now you take a step back and evaluate, is this, is this the best thing for the offense? Is it better for one guy to be doing it? Um, but if one guy was doing it today and it was Aiden O'Connell, he probably would have got yanked after his interceptions. Um, and then every time Plummer was in, basically, although he did end up throwing, I think, three passes today. Six passes, I'm sorry. He ended up throwing six passes. You got the feeling that the, the three quarterback thing got pretty predictable. Where when Plummer came in, come, came in, it was, um, it was going to be a run, which I think most of the time it was. Um, and when Burton came in, it was, it was going to be a run. Only when O'Connell came in, uh, did it look like it would be a pass? Uh, but did Plummer did attempt six passes today? But I, you know, I think for this thing to work moving forward, um, you got to add a little variety and surprise to it. Uh, you know, Plummer just can't run or run the short side option play that they've that they've tried with King Daru. Um, uh, the last couple games, you know, worked at Iowa for 16 yards, uh, didn't work today. In part, I, you know, Wisconsin didn't allow it to work today. And, and, and I think that's important to, to, to say because, um, you know, Wisconsin defense and offense control this game from the line of scrimmage out. And Wisconsin wouldn't let Purdue uh, do anything. Uh, it really didn't matter what play came up with you know Wisconsin was was there uh they were in the backfield uh they were on the receivers you know they 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 had scouted this team very well and didn't really let Purdue breathe the only time Purdue really felt like it was running an offense was when um O'Connell would hook up with Payne Durham over the middle uh, in part because I think Wisconsin defense was paying a lot of attention to, uh, David Bell on the, on the perimeter, which opened up some, some things in the middle. And also when they blitzed up the middle, that opened up the middle of the field as well. And, you know, O'Connell and Durham were able to, you know, hook up nine times, including a touchdown early in the game. Um, and, and it's, and it's, you know, and that's, those are the kind of, um, plays Purdue needs to make in those situations when they're taking away David Bell, you've got to go find somebody else. And you know, I've always felt that Payne Durham would be a good option in the middle of the field. And, um, he was today nine catches, I think 122 yards, 
uh, but he had, you know, he lost a key fumble, um, as one of the turnovers and, you know, and those things that, you know, those mistakes Purdue just could not overcome, uh, in this game, uh, today. Um, and it just, you know, as, as high of emotions that they were last week, you know, they were, they were just as low today. And, and, you know, the, the really, really good programs, you know, they, they can back up wins. They can beat Iowa on the road and come home and beat a Wisconsin. Uh, but Purdue's just not there yet. And they haven't been in that position in a, in a, in a long time. Um, whether it takes more experienced guys, whether it takes, uh, something else, you know, Purdue's just not there yet. And you, I equate this a little bit to what happened after Purdue beat Ohio State three years ago. Um, they had to go to uh, East Lansing and play Michigan State, which another physical team. And Michigan State, I remember, got really physical with Purdue. They got really physical with the receivers. They made it difficult to move the ball. Um, you know, they were cutting off routes. They were jumping routes. Um, you know, they wouldn't let Purdue run the ball. And this this felt a little bit like that three years ago where, you know, Purdue just could not get anything going offensively. And, you know, they paid the price with, with the loss. And just like they did today, they paid the price uh, with the loss. You know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I thought that, you know, this would be the year that Purdue should be able to beat Wisconsin. And, you know, with all the troubles that Wisconsin has had, um, this looked just like another typical Purdue-Wisconsin game. And this may be just one of these matchups that Purdue just will not be able to win under the current, um, under the current makeup of both programs. You know, Purdue's not built to stop their run. Uh, Purdue's not built to run the ball. Uh, while Wisconsin is built in, in both areas and also built to, to, to take away you know, some of your strengths and, you know, you know, one fix to this is Purdue getting better players. Number one, improving the offensive line to a point where you can match up physically with a Wisconsin defensive line. Uh, and then, you know, they basically took away Purdue's strength on defense, which is the defensive line. And while Purdue has George Karloftis and, uh, some other talented guys there, they, they, they don't have enough. And then when you get in the second half and Wisconsin, you know, gets a lead and they're able to run the ball effectively, you know, they, they wear you down. And that's what happened, uh, in this game where Purdue could not hold up for full 60 minutes, uh, because of the way Wisconsin was running the ball, you know, how effective they were doing it. Um, and it just wasn't going to, to, to be sustainable for Purdue. Uh, to do that, especially when you're, you're going three and out a lot on offense. You're not giving your defense a break. Um, it just makes it extremely difficult to, uh, to make those stops, you know, when, when two backs are coming at you averaging, you know, five, six, seven yards of carry. Um, and it just, it would put the defense in a bind and they just could not, uh, get out of it. But, you know, early on, Purdue's, um, you know, they, they had a long drive. Wisconsin did on their uh, their second drive, 
which was a uh, 13 play 92 yard drive, but um, and they ate up a lot of time in that drive. But you know, you, you kind of felt Purdue okay. You know, the the defense is still hanging in there. Uh, you know, the, the offense finally answered after a turnover when they got the Durham touchdown from O'Connell. Um, and Purdue was still in there and, you know, the, the first half was kind of sloppy on both sides where there were a lot of fumbles, um, a lot of turnovers, a lot of penalties on Wisconsin. Um, and then, you know, with, uh, Purdue, you know, down 10 to seven, you know, the, the, the corner blitz from Jamari Brown, um, Knocks the ball out of Graham Mertz's hands. It's on the ground. George Kloftis scoops it up. Goes 56 yards for the touchdown. You know, Purdue's up 13 to 10. They missed the extra point, but they're still up 13 to 10. You know, things you thought, okay, at that point, you know, maybe Purdue could wrestle control of this game away. You know, going into the, uh, you know, the end of the first half because Purdue was going to get the ball to start the, um, the second half. That if the, you know, if the defense could come up with a, another stop at the end of the half, then, you know, give the ball back to the offense and, um, and see, you know, and see if they could push something in. And, and they did that. I mean, the Wisconsin went three and out on that next series. Uh, Purdue, uh, you know, started at its own 29. Um, and, Anytime an offensive lineman catches a pass, that's probably not a good thing. And that's what happened. Spencer Holstich, it was a tip pass by the defense. It landed in Holstich's hands and he fumbled, but he recovered. But anyway, um, on the third play of that drive, you know, when they started the drive, there was four and a half minutes to go, produced up 13 to 10. Uh, but, um, O'Connell's picked off on a, on a pass across the middle, safety. This came in and read it perfectly and, uh, returned it to the one yard line. You know, you had a feeling maybe if Purdue got some points on that drive or at least get to the end of the half, whether it be 16 to 10 or 20 to 10, then, you know, they would, you know, they would be in good shape at that point because they would have a lead. Wisconsin would have to get out of its game plan a little bit. You know, they couldn't just lean on running the ball. Um, but, you know, even after the interception, you know, the defense does step up and they, and they, they keep them out of the end zone and a good third down play as they, they strung out a jet sweep, um, to force a field goal and, you know, then and produce tied at halftime. But, you know, the turnovers just, just seemed to kill Purdue, uh, in that situation where, you, you know, you needed to, to maybe get the ball down the field, um, get in field goal range or get in touchdown range to end the half. And then, you know, you were going to start the second half, uh, with the ball. So you had a chance to really, um, take control of this game. But, but even going into the third quarter, I mean, they're produced right there. Uh, they're not moving the ball great, but, uh, either is Wisconsin. So, but, uh, you know, to me, the, the key play of the game was, uh, you know, the game, the, the score was tied at 13, uh, about midway through the third quarter. And, uh, Braylon, uh, Allen just got through the line, uh, 
there was no, you know, he got to the second level and nobody was there and he goes 70 yards, uh, setting up, uh, a touchdown, uh, for the Badgers and they went up 20 to 13 and then, you know, Purdue's offense still struggled and stalled and just could not get anything going. And then, you know, Wisconsin just used the running game to, to basically put the game away, which they did. Um, so, you know, a lot of key plays in this game that didn't go Purdue's way. A lot of key plays went Purdue's way. Um, but this is just, this is just a tough matchup, uh, for Purdue. Uh, and it will always be a tough matchup, as I said, on the current, uh, framework of both these programs. Um, and, you know, Purdue's got to figure it out because if they, if they want to win the West at any point in all of our lifetimes, then they're going to have to beat Wisconsin. Now, they have a pretty good handle on Iowa right now. <laughs> They're four, you know, Jeff Brown's four and one against Iowa, but he's 0 and four against Wisconsin and he's one and four against Minnesota. Uh, he's got one win against Northwestern. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta figure some of these teams out. You know, Wisconsin has, you know, beaten, um, you know, Purdue 15 straight times now since 2004. That was the, uh, Kyle Horton fumble game and that's when this streak that's when this streak started and they you know they've won uh nine straight at ross Aid stadium their last uh last time they lost in ross Aid stadium wisconsin was 1997 and uh, drew Brees was a a backup to, to billy dickon and joe tiller's uh first year so it is it has been a long time since Purdue has beaten Wisconsin anywhere, let alone Ross State Stadium or, you know, up in Madison. And I'm not sure that, you know, right now I'm not sure next year would be any better for Purdue. Just not, uh, not sure that's going to be the case. You know, since Wisconsin has not lost to Purdue since they started their streak. You know, Purdue has beaten Ohio State four times, but you can't, they can't beat Wisconsin. You know, they've beaten Notre Dame twice, but they don't, you know, they don't play every year. And so, I mean, it kind of goes on and on. I mean, Purdue's, Purdue's beaten Michigan twice. Since that time, uh, they beat Michigan State two or three times. Um, so, but they just cannot, they cannot beat Wisconsin. You know, it just can't be done right now. And I'm not sure when it'll be done. It's just one of those things where, um, you, you automatically, uh, put it as a loss. But, you know, the Badgers recruit well. They coach well. They develop their players really well. You know, I thought uh, Leo Chanel, their linebacker, was outstanding today. He was outstanding the week before against Army. But he was a one, he was a one-man wrecking crew today. Five and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. He brought Purdue's offense to a standstill by himself. And he is responsible for Purdue having negative 13 yards rushing. But I thought he was terrific. He's a terrific player. Uh, he, you know, he probably beat every Purdue offensive lineman one-on-one today, depending on where he lined up. Uh, 
Um, you know, him and the Purdue quarterbacks were learning a lot about each other because he was in there basically on every play. He finished with nine tackles. Uh, just a tremendous player, and he had a tremendous game uh, today for, for Wisconsin. And um, it just, you know, they they keep turning turning him out up there, and they keep uh, getting guys that can play, uh, play at a high level, and, you know, they develop them. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the end result. You know, Wisconsin's now four and three. You know, I think they, uh, I think they control whether they can win the West or not. I think if they went out, they would win it because they would beat Iowa and then they would beat Minnesota. That would be the next, um, two teams that have one loss that they could, you know, they would win those tiebreakers. So, Wisconsin, I believe, right now is in the driver's seat. Iowa remains in the driver's seat. Uh, Minnesota remains in the driver's seat. Those are the three teams that remain in the driver's seat. Purdue, um, it was a long shot even before uh, Saturday that they could win the West because of the schedule. But now it's it remains a long shot and a longer shot than what it was beforehand. They would need you know a ton of help. Uh, to get in a position to, to to win the West or at least tie for the West title, and you'd, you'd have to tie with Iowa right now because you, you'd win that head-to-head. But you know, I think it goes back to at the beginning. You know, the season is all about just trying to get to a bowl game, just trying to get there, uh, try to get six wins uh, to qualify for a bowl, and then kind of reset things, and then. Push your program forward after that. Um, you got to find two more wins uh, over the next five games. Um, Nebraska would appear to be one that is possible. Uh, right now, Michigan State would not be one of those. Ohio State definitely would not be one of those. Um, then you're looking at Northwestern and in Indiana as uh, as possible. You know possible potential wins. Uh, you know, Purdue's goal is just should be to get to the Indiana game with five wins and then see if you can get the six that day. Ideally, you want to wrap up bowl eligibility before that. But, you know, the, I know Nebraska's record is not very good, but they're, they're a much improved team than what they were at the beginning of the year. Um, so, you know, I don't think Purdue can go in there thinking that you know they're going to win that game just based on you know Nebraska's record and how they've you know how they how they played at the beginning of the year. They're playing much better now. They've had a week off to get some guys healthy, and th- and this will be the first really spread team that Purdue's defense has faced. And well, they, they will spread you out and they get you in space. Uh, they try to win those one-on-one matchups. You know Purdue has played a lot of you know traditional teams here recently, you know, with Iowa and with Wisconsin. Now, you know, Illinois is a bit of a spread team, but um, they they don't do it very well, although they did beat Penn State today in nine overtimes. Uh, The screwy overtime rules where you just go for two uh, (laughs) and you don't do anything else. Um, You know, and Minnesota was more of an RPO team, not, not a team to spread you out as much. So this will be 
Um, this will really be this will be a challenge for Purdue's defense. I, I you know Purdue still has a good defense. What happened today doesn't change. What what they've accomplished up to this point doesn't change. Uh, the type of year that they've had it doesn't change. Uh, you know their personnel still playing well. Um, it was you know again just a bad you know it's a bad matchup. It just is. But you know Purdue still has a good defense. Uh, you know, and I think that they'll they'll rebound, but this will be a different kind of challenge for them, just based on the number of athletes that you know Nebraska is going to put out there on the field and and challenge that defense and try to get you know some of those guys in space and try to get their better players the ball and see if they can can win those one on one matchups. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, I think it's a game Purdue needs to win and, um, just to, to kind of get, get back on the winning side and not let, you know, things kind of spiral, uh, out of control a little bit. Uh, because, you know, after that, you've got Michigan State and Ohio State. And that's, those are two very difficult games that right now you would not be favored to win. And, you know, you could get yourself on a on a losing streak real quick here, and then trying to pull yourself out. Uh, the very you know in the last two games, you know that's something that you just don't want to put yourself in position to have to do late in the season. Is you know uh, you're probably going to need to win one game late in the season for sure, but to get to the the game of eleven against Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Um, if you needed to win those last two games, you know, that, that's a, that's a difficult ask, but you know, they did it in 2017, uh, when Purdue went to Iowa. So, you know, it can be done. It's been done before, but you would, you know, I think Purdue needs to give itself a little bit of a cushion. And you also don't want to get on a losing streak after beating Iowa, which was, you know, the number two team in the country. Um, and you want to change that narrative about not being able to handle the success that came their way um, after that Iowa after that Iowa win, you know, because after they beat Ohio State in 2018 and heading into this year, I believe their record, you know, since that game was eight and 16. Uh, so they really didn't take advantage of that win in 2018, just from a you know push push the program forward type of thing. And you don't want the same thing to happen again. You don't want to get one of those losing runs after beating you know, the number two team in the country. And then you just don't want to go out of sight, out of mind so quickly. Um, so that I think that makes this week's game really important uh, for Purdue to, to, to change that narrative and get themselves back on the winning side. Well, uh, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, as always, our podcast is brought to you by... Yep, still searching. Thought we might have one, but still searching for a sponsor. So anyway, appreciate you stopping by. We'll, we'll be back uh, next week to preview the Purdue-Nebraska game, um, see where things stand with the Huskers after their week off, and uh, what can we expect from Nebraska uh, as they get ready for that matchup. So again, thanks for stopping by, and have a good day.